From KLCC Studios, this is Oregon on the Record. I'm Michael Dunn. In banking, the traditional five C's in determining a loan have been capacity, capital, conditions, character, and collateral. For marginalized communities, however, a sixth C might as well have stood for closed, as in getting a loan was closed to them. And we aren't talking about a relic of history. A 2020 analysis by the business journals found that white neighborhoods received roughly twice as many small business loans compared with black neighborhoods. Today on Oregon on the Record, you'll hear from the new administrative director of the Small Business Administration for Oregon about how he and the organization are working to open up loans to everyone. As someone who's seen credit discrimination firsthand, he and a local SBA banker will talk about their efforts to distribute more and more loans to people who've had a traditionally difficult, if not impossible, job of getting a vital business loan. Today on the show, you'll hear from a man named Beto Yarsi, the new Regional Administrative Director for the Small Business Administration for Oregon and the Pacific Northwest, along with a former staffer at the SBA who now works for a local community bank. The SBA has done many amazing things for businesses in every corner of the nation, but as they'll tell you, it's committed to doing much better for minority communities. Beto Yarsi, the Regional Administrative Director for uh, the SBA's, the Small Business Administration's Region 10, which includes Oregon, and Scott Bossom, the Director of Government Guaranteed Lending for First Security Bank. Thanks to you both for jumping on and talking with us. Thanks, Michael. Thanks, Michael, for inviting me, and I'm very excited to talk to you and to your audience. Great. Uh, Beto, let's start with you. You know, very general question, because I think a lot of people have a general idea, but probably not to the specificity that maybe they should. Explain how the SBA works. Yeah, that's a really great question. So SBA is a federal agency that has been dedicated to advance the American dream, to start people uh, to grow their business. Uh, so we're a very unique organization because we are uh, really looking forward on how do we advance the national economy about, you know, small business is the backbone of economy. We are talking about the boom of businesses. So the way that we work, we focus on the three C's and the D. So what I always like to expand is consulting, capital, contracting, and disaster. So the way that we are doing is like helping all small business in America in access to capital, access to contracting, access to uh, to uh, consulting, which is so important, the technical assistant, the training, the coaching, how do we help a small business to grow their businesses? And of course, when a disaster comes, uh, we are the agency who manage that. You probably heard that we had a pandemic a few years ago. So that was a perfect example of a disaster. How do we respond to that? How do we help a small business to continue uh, surviving through a pandemic or through a disaster? Yeah, yeah. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about that. I'm going to ask you about that specifically. But I, I wanted to ask Scott, you know, as, as, as someone who works at a bank, talk about how the, a bank or banks in general interact with the SBA. Yeah, th- thanks, Michael. That's a good question, definitely, because a lot of lot of misunderstanding there when um, you know people businesses look at SBA and SBA lending. The SBA is actually not lending that money directly normally through okay. the disaster side that that Beto just mentioned. That is direct lending. 
outside of that, what's happening generally is the SBA gives us as the lender a guarantee. It's all our money. We're the ones that underwrite the loan. Um, we look at things like we look at a non-SBA deal, but we get to look at it through a different lens um, because we have this guarantee. That guarantee is 75 to 85% of the loan, generally speaking. Um, and so it's a it's a substantial portion of the potential loss is offset. So it allows banks to fundamentally change what what they're able to do on loan requests. And one of the biggest things it helps address is collateral challenges. Also helps address, you know, newer businesses, startups, earlier stage companies. But one of the most common areas that banks like us want the guarantee is, is to offset a collateral challenge. Let me reintroduce you uh, both to our audience. We're talking with Beto Yarsi. He's the Regional Administrative Director for the SBA in our region, which is Region 10, which serves o o uh, Oregon and other uh, Pacific Northwest states. And we're talking to Scott Bossom. He's the Director of Government Guaranteed Lending for First Security Bank. You know, Beto, back to you. Um, and you talked about the crisis that was COVID. And Gosh, you know, um, that was such a historic challenge. And I think for many people who knew roughly about what the SBA does, your organization became kind of center stage in being a part of what many people consider, you know, rescuing the economy at the time. Yes, that's actually a very good statement because, you know, I've been an advocate for small business all my career since I moved to the United States. And I think what the pandemic did, it was really making small business up front. So what the SBA did uh, through the pandemic, we were able to grow dramatically or work from $40 billion to more than $1 trillion to serve millions of entrepreneurs. So our SBA dedicated team just worked a lot of hours they have to create programs they usually take nine to 12 months to create and they just create uh ppp programs and relief programs in weeks which in order to respond to this pandemic to make sure that our small business survive through this very unprecedented time so from that trillion dollar that was distributed through the pandemic that translate more than 100 loans and grants totaling more than seven billion dollars in COVID relief to help more than 390,000 small business to keep their doors open. So for me, that's like really, I was part of that in a different capacity as a micro lender and as a nonprofit leader. And I work very closely with the SBA to distribute PPP loans and EIDL, which is economic injury disaster loans and really help the economy to continue uh, thriving. And, you know, like it break my heart because a lot of the times on um, the work that I did previously, we invest in a lot of incubation to start small business, micro businesses, and the pandemic just came and we didn't know how to respond to that. So I'm very proud of what the SBA did in response of supporting our businesses. Yeah. And I should just, I was going to say, I should just remind folks, although I, I think many people remember the acronym PPP, the Paycheck Protection Program. Um, you know, Scott, as, a, as someone who's worked at many banks and worked with the SBA, maybe talk a little bit about that time, too, from, from the private banking perspective. And, and, and I know that so much work was done to try and get as many loans out the door as possible during that time. 
Yeah, definitely. So I, I still suffer from a little bit of PPP PTSD um, <laughs> myself because it's, yeah, man, those were, those were challenging times. You know, I, I'll never forget sitting at my dining room table out, you know, working 15 to 18 hour days, building, you know, literally as, as Beto mentioned, you know, literally building the airplane as we flew it. Um, you had, you know, 20 plus years of lending that happened within the course of a few months. Um, you know, 20 plus years of regular SVA lending happened in the course of those few months. And, um, you know, they, they were, there was tears, there was, uh, there was frustration. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, what I told my team at that time a lot was we're all better for this. We're becoming better listeners. We're becoming better empathizers. We're becoming better lenders, better bankers, whatever you want to call it. Um, it, it, you know, it threw a lot of us, but, but through all that, um, and helping the businesses that we did, the bank I worked for at the time, we did over 9,000 PPP loans, um, all the way from a few hundred dollars to several millions of dollars and up, up towards 10 million, which was the max for the first round. And so, a lot of businesses helped a lot of gratification in in the work that we put in um you know to do that to save a lot of these businesses well and, and i kind of wanted to pull that string a little bit uh you know beto were there sort of lessons during the height of what you were doing what what the sba and, and and private banks were doing during COVID? are there things that you learned during that process that 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 have perhaps helped the sba become even more efficient or 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 or, or speedy or or whatever however you want to characterize it yeah definitely uh some of the lessons learned is particular how do we are coming more into a personal relationships are so important in a small business so something that we see as uh, we hear recently is how do we are start developing more meaningful connections and more uh specific relationships in order for us to respond to something like this at the same time we were able to kind of move faster as an agency as a federal government agency sometimes we have that reputation that we don't move fast enough so i think now with this response and the opportunities that we have to build a program in a very short period of time that was not perfect but also we were able to respond so utilizing technology so we will we would like to talk a little bit more about what that looks like how do we using technology how do we making less complicated processes mm -hmm. for the community that we serve showing up of the boom of businesses how do, what does that looks like how do we're gonna invest in the backbone of the economy and we did it through the pandemic but we want to continue doing the same uh without a pandemic because i think that's a big opportunity to invest in america so Beto, i want to stay with you and talk about you know um not a not a not a, a a fast acting crisis like covid but obviously you know historically in our country groups minority groups women trying to get loans it ha has been more challenged than 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 perhaps uh, majority groups and so i really wanted to kind of turn the conversation to you know how is the sba looking to change that and 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 being able to provide access to capital to groups that historically haven't had an easy time getting it yeah thank you for asking that question personally i'm part of that community and in another time we can probably can talk more about deeply about what that means because i was one of those entrepreneurs who were not being served by the sba or for 
uh, capital. So I had a lot of challenges, mm -hmm. but I feel very proud of the advance of the Small Business Administration the SBA has done over the years because I have been partnered with SBA for about 17, 18 years, and I have seen the changes and it's very refreshing. So the way that we're doing it, we are implementing an equity action plan, which is a goal number one for the strategic plan as an agency of how do we move uh, equity uh, forward. And that means how do we create more uh, inside forms in our field offices to make sure that we serve our entrepreneurs for minority communities in a better way. So how do we partner with, with Chamber of Commerce? How do we hear from the community about what are those challenges that they are facing uh, in order to get access to capital? So in that note, also we have been uh, mainstreaming our processes and we have utilized uh, better systems and technology and also access to language. So access to language is a huge barrier for minority business owners. Sometimes you don't really understand or you speak the language, you speak English, but you don't really understand all the lingo mm -hmm. and all the information. So you really need to understand how do you navigate this system. So SVA is kind of really meeting people where they are in order for us to improve our access to capital. So again, Matt, we are we have our microloan program, which go on to fifty thousand dollars to really partnering with organizations like a CDFIs, micro lenders, credit unions, banks that they are really understanding this minority business loan. And then we have our seven A and seven J uh, loan that they are really kind of like growing. Historically, we are seeing a growth of black owned business owners and then how they are getting access to capital. Uh, we are seeing that grow in this administration in this moment. So which is very exciting and the same from my community, the Hispanic community. I also see that and I start seeing that we're building a bridge of trust between the federal government and those communities. And that's also a huge historic uh, movement that SBA is doing. We also launched something pretty unique and pretty innovative that we call Lender Match. So basically our Lender Match platform is how do you go into our system, you set up your information and then we match you with the right organization, in this case could be a CDFAB, a micro lender, a credit union, a bank, and then they can get you into a loan and you can participate in all our programs that I just mentioned. Uh, something that very, very excited and passionate I about is how do we connect from micro loan program 7J all the way to the 504 program or 504 program is how do you get access to buy your real estate or equipment. And a lot of the times, minority and underserved communities don't get access to that. So we're really uh, reviewing all that to make sure that we advance equity. Uh, so we are really doing great work in creating this big movement in serving minorities own. Uh, so we have increased our dollars uh, to $62.4 billion in the in the distribution of our loan programs for minority business on. And also another thing that we you didn't ask me about capital, but really kind of like how do we're going to continue growing or AA program, which is uh, a specific program to support communities of color and minority business on and to get them certified. And then they get contracting uh, with the federal government. 
So I can continue talking about how the SBA is doing to advance equity and, and serve minority business own. And now that now I'm inside to the organization, as I mentioned before, I was working as a partner in the past, as a micro lender and as a borrower myself and the beginning of my career here in the United States and I'm a business owner. So I start seeing the the light at the end of the tunnel for the minority business own businesses and how we are getting more capital. And that's my personal commitment as a regional administrator in my region is to really build those trust, um, bridges of trust in my community to make sure that more capital is deployed and not only capital, but more services are are offered to minority business owned businesses. Okay. Okay. Going to reintroduce you both to our audience. We've been we're talking with uh, Beto Yarsi. He's the regional administrative director for the SBA in our region, which includes Oregon, and also talking with Scott Bossom, the director of government uh, guaranteed lending at First Security Bank. Um, Scott, I want to turn to you because obviously a lot of uh, underserved communities, you know, pe- uh, people of color and and whatnot are, are going to first go to a bank to try and get a loan. Maybe talk about how, how you, have you seen in your career and at the bank you're at now? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you're, you're right. So, you know, people don't know about these micro lenders, these CDFIs, these non-bank lenders. Um, a lot of business owners don't know about them. They, they see banks though, right? So they go to the banks. We, we're the ones that are visible. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I was just, you know, banks have done a really poor job at at helping small businesses when they can't help them directly. You know, we're, we're federally regulated. We can only go so far, even with that guarantee from SBA. And I talk about this often that like, you know, as, as a bank, we, we can't be the end all be all. We can't do every, every loan request. But the flip side of that is, is many times banks like to just send you to another bank. I, when I worked for the SBA, I, I got people a lot of times that would land, uh, in the Portland office and and be looking for money and they had they had applied at a bunch of places and you know it's four or five or six banks we all hear these stories they all turn them down and within a few minutes I could tell well that's not a bank deal you're mm-hmm. just talking to the wrong kind of of lender you know one thing I say if you're a business and you're looking for money and you're not finding it you're either talking to the wrong kind of lender or you're looking in, in or or you're not ready you know you're you're looking in the wrong spot or you're not ready and the looking in the wrong spot is very real. Um, and so you get businesses in this cycle of going from bank to bank and getting discouraged. And this is just, again, these are the stories we hear. Um, and so I am extremely passionate um, about breaking that cycle for business owners and, and really adding value when we're telling somebody no, you know, there's an ecosystem of lending and there's different businesses at different stages in the ecosystem and there's different lenders at different stages um, in, in that ecosystem as well. And it can it can be really challenging to figure out, you know, where do I fit? And again, a lot of business owners just see the banks and so they go to the banks. Um, and so when we have somebody that approaches us, you know, let's say it's a $10,000 microloan for a newer company or a startup, that is not, even if a bank can say yes to that kind of loan, that that's, it's not the right fit. Hmm. Um, there's this idea of, 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 of a lot of this, this alternative lending that's out there that people don't know is there. It's also very patient capital and it comes with technical assistance and business advising, all of these 
these nonprofits, CDFIs, micro lenders, they all have the advising that comes with it too. And so this idea that, um, you know, if we can be the conduit and get that business to the right kind of fit of lending, because if things start to go sideways for that business as, as they get that loan and, and, and get ramped up, a bank's not going to be very patient, you know, and we're not going to have the technical assistance and the advising to go along with that loan. And so that's why you want to, you know, making these connections. I, I feel like the 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 it's the loans we don't do are almost more important hmm. because those are the more vulnerable vulnerable businesses that don't maybe have as many homes and they don't know where to go and again they're getting sent from bank to bank and so it's it's this idea of just taking them out of that cycle i was i was at a panel last week that the portland district office is doing and i and i made the point and any of the listeners out there, if you're a business and you're looking for money, if you're talking to a bank, just get to the SBA department. Hmm. Just ask to talk to somebody in the SBA department, because if that bank can't help you out, you know, I'm not the only person that does this. A lot of my colleagues, SBA, you know, department managers and other banks, we're all very passionate about this and, and, and helping businesses, whether we can help directly or not. So get to that SBA department because you're going to be better better positioned if that bank says no to have other options and and or find out maybe you're really not ready to mm. go for that loan and you need to go down the counseling side that Beto said or one of the other C's of SBA talk with an SBDC small business development center there's one at Lane Community College that uh, uh, right right house where we're, we're being broadcast out of so um, and and or score you know uh, two of the main resource partners we're gonna have to leave it there we're out of time I really want to thank you both for coming on Beto Yarsi the regional administrative director for the SBA's Region 10 which includes Oregon and Scott Bossom the director of government guaranteed lending at First Security Bank thank you both so much for talking to us thank you Michael. Thank you, Michael, and thank you, Scott. Great comments. I really appreciate everything that you say. That's our show for today. I want to thank my guests, Beto Yarsi, the Regional Administrative Director for the Small Business Administration, and Scott Bossom of First Security Bank. Tomorrow, you'll hear all about Lane County's new fentanyl awareness campaign, and we're working on a show about the challenge of getting homeowners insurance in Oregon due to wildfire risk. We want to hear from you on this issue. Send us your thoughts to questions at klcc.org. This show, along with all episodes of Oregon on the Record, is available at klcc.org. I'm Michael Dunn, and this has been Oregon on the Record. Thanks for listening.